Hi everyone, great to be with you today. Hey, if we haven't met before, my name's Philippa and I'm part of the team here at St Paul Shadwell. And if you've been following along with us for the last little while, you will know that we've been working through a series in the books of 1 and 2 Samuel and following the life of David as he becomes king. And Mark last week was speaking to us about just that. David after being anointed king from a young age, is finally crowned the king of Israel. And what we'll now hear in our reading is that we're beginning to see David come into a season of real success and blessing as he seeks to unify the people of Israel and establish a capital city in Jerusalem. David again brought together all the able young men of Israel, 30,000. He and all his men went to Bala in Judah to bring up from there the Ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim on the Ark. They set the Ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, son of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart with the Ark of God in it, and Ahio was walking in front of it. David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums, and cymbals. Now King David was told, The Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has, because of the Ark of God. So David went to bring up the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the Ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the Ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. As the Ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the Ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings, and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women. And all the people went to their homes. So David wants to make Jerusalem not only the political capital of his kingdom, but the religious centre too. So David has the Ark of the Covenant moved into the city. And, you know, this is the same Ark of the Covenant which Moses was originally instructed to build by God, a wooden box which contains the two stone tablets of the Ten Commandments, a marker for the place for God's presence to dwell as the people wandered the desert in exile. It was the same Ark of the Covenant that was marched around the walls of Jericho by Joshua and the army. And as a result, the walls fell. This holy place 
which was always kept surrounded with the tabernacle, the tent which covered it and was looked after by priests, was both a symbol of the presence of God and the commitment of the people to him, but also a real place where God chose to really dwell with his people. The ark was taken with the people of Israel into battle. It was consulted when considering war. And in 1 Chronicles 13, which is another telling of the same story we've just read, we read that David wanted to bring the ark of the covenant back to a place where it will be appropriately honoured because Saul, the previous king who we've been speaking about in the past few weeks, he hadn't consulted it in the time of his reign. So what we've just heard read to us is the description of what it was like for David to bring the Ark of the Covenant into the city of Jerusalem. You know, he called the people out to walk with the Ark as they pulled it on a cart. And it says that David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums and cymbals. You know, as I was preparing this talk, I was sat upstairs in my house with the windows open and England playing in the semi-final of the Euros on the TV downstairs and obviously in all the local surrounding pubs as well. And I could hear people out on the streets getting more and more excited, getting louder and louder until the final whistle was finally blown. And it just felt like the whole of London erupted with relief and joy and celebration. People were beeping their car horns, shouting, singing. And as I'm sitting there preparing this, I couldn't have asked for a more perfect picture of what it might have been like to celebrate with all your might in that moment where David brought home the presence of God into the city. That pure abandonment of self-consciousness because of being overtaken by joy. I wonder how many times you've truly experienced celebrating with all your might. You know, we're quite good at celebrating with cake, maybe a glass of champagne or a party with friends, but to be celebrating with all your might Don't worry, I'm not doing away with cake. David gave everyone cake once the Ark of the Covenant was in the tabernacle. There's definitely cake in the kingdom. But, you know, I think this story of David's wholehearted worship and thankfulness in the presence of God is an incredible picture of what it means to be a thankful people. Every week, don't we, we hear from people in this church family as they share what it is that they've been thankful for. And I've so often been left with a lump in my throat, watching people share their tough experiences whilst being so thankful to God for who he is and what he's done in their lives. You know, we can sometimes think of being thankful as kind of a mawkish thing, as if we have to muster something up quickly. And it can be hard to remind others to be thankful when we know they're going through what feels like hell to them. What I've been struck by over the weeks as people have shared, as Toria just shared with us before, has been how so many of us have been through some of the most difficult circumstances in life. Bereavements, illness, job loss, disappointment, unanswered prayer. But yet every week we help each other to be thankful. And we're a thankful people because God is with us by his presence You know, in Paul's letter to the Colossians, he's writing to the people of Colossae from prison. And yet he says this, be thankful. 
Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Paul is reminding the Colossians that they are to be a thankful people who worship God with gratitude in their hearts, giving thanks to God the Father through Jesus. And that's the precedent that David set here as he literally danced through the streets before the Ark of the Covenant is in his underwear, leaping and dancing before the Lord. What would it look like for us to worship God like this? In our day-to-day lives, what would it really be like to let ourselves go with such abandon before God, not worried about being dignified or sticking in our lane or not ruffling feathers. It's easy for us to think about that just specifically in the context of singing in worship to God. You know, sometimes maybe if we're brave or really feeling it, we might put some hands in the air. You might even do that little punching hand one, you know, that one. Or you might even branch out to a clap or even a whoop occasionally, maybe just save that one for Easter. But what was really going on here was that David wasn't just singing and dancing. He was celebrating what God had done for him and everything that God had done for the people as he'd remained faithful to them through battles, through wars, through a king who was not faithful to God. David in this moment is incredibly thankful. So much so that he makes a total fool of himself in front of his own people as he worships God. And we've talked a lot in the last few weeks about David being a man after God's own heart. Well, here we really see that play out. David worships God with purity and with total abandon. And, you know, it says his wife really disapproves of his behaviour and is really cross with him for embarrassing himself and her. And so for us, I don't think this is about making sure we kind of jig about enough when we sing songs together. It's about having that heart after God with our whole lives that points to our thankfulness to him. And often, as I'm sure lots of us have experienced, being a thankful and faithful person can get us into some embarrassing situations. You know, we start to think differently about how we spend our money. We have to start to think differently about our time to commit to being part of a church community. We're sometimes compelled by the spirit to say strange things to each other, which turn out to be God speaking to others through us. And we can't help ourselves, can we, but get overexcited when we meet in big groups at festivals and things like that to celebrate and worship God. It can be embarrassing. That's not the way the world acts. And it's often not the way that we're expected to act by the world either. Earlier in the week, I was helping out at Tower Tots, our midweek parent and toddler group in the church. At the moment, there's a session on a Wednesday morning with a project called London Rhymes. And it's about encouraging children and their carers to sing and make music together. And let me tell you, there is nothing cuter than a baby or a toddler who's just got hold of a shaker and is just taken over by the music. They're all there dancing, wiggling, clapping, wandering around and jumping up and down. And as I sort of watched on, it just really moved me in that moment as these little ones just had a simple heart response to music and allowed themselves just to move as they wanted to. 
And I know that these little ones, they don't have any concept of being self-conscious or any social construct that would tell them not to just dance when they want to dance. But something for me about these children being in the safe company of the community of others, joining together in the same activity, in the presence of their parents or their carers who love them and have brought them to that place. What an amazing picture of a worshipping church in the presence of our Father God. We can simply be and respond in pure thankfulness, in pure praise, simply knowing that we're safe with him and that he's present with us. So let me encourage you today, encourage all of us together to be a community of people who continue to be committed to thankfulness, to being grateful to God in the context of his presence. Even when it's a challenge, even when it feels embarrassing or uncomfortable or not the done thing. Let's pray for the gift of the Spirit to help us to live that wholehearted life of worship to God in response to all that he's done for us, all that he's done for you individually and for us together as a family. Thank you, God. Amen. <laughs>